If you're able, stand with me and we'll read our text together and then we'll, we'll pray one more time and, and we'll get into the message that God has for us today here at Mineral Heights. Acts 6, beginning in the first verse down to verse 7. And let's read together nice and loud, if you would. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip and Prochorus, yeah, I'll call it that, and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and also Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased. The number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Today we're going to look at the, at the problems and the progress in the church. The problems and the progress. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today as we look into uh, Acts chapter 6 here in the first few verses. We need your help to gain the insight that you would have us to have. We, we need your help so that we can uh, practice what is being taught in this passage of Scripture. Lord, I know I need your help. I need to be completely uh, yielded to the Spirit of God, and I pray that would be the case and that you might uh, receive the glory uh, in this message uh, and that we as well would receive all that you have for us. I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing if you're able to do so. Uh, previously in the book of Acts, we've seen how the early church uh, prayed together. And as a result, God moved mightily amongst them. He indwelled and he filled them with his spirit. And then he empowered them to be bold in their witness for Jesus Christ. Thousands, in fact, came to a saving knowledge of Christ in these early days of the early church in Jerusalem. However, whenever God is at work in the church, uh, uh, the devil is going to be at work too. And I imagine you've uh, 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 seen that if you've been in a church very long. He tries to do anything he can to throw... 
I'm a wrench in the work that God is trying to accomplish. And in, in the last chapter, we saw two believers who gave in to the temptation to lie to the church and lie, even worse, to the Holy Spirit. Now, in this chapter, we see that as a result of the a church's a growth, they had a problem. And because of that, there began to be a, a, a murmuring in the church. Uh, people weren't happy. And as immature Christians, they resorted to complaining. Now, I'm sure you've never been tempted to complain before, uh, like I haven't either. But a murmuring is never the right way to address a problem. Certainly, we all have been not only attempted to murmur and complain, I would venture to say everyone in this room has given in to that uh, temptation. But again, murmuring is never the right way to address a problem. But let's begin today with uh, the praise that we see in the very first verse. The praise Back in verse 1 says, In those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, praise God, the church was growing. God was doing uh, something I mean, wonderful uh, there. Believers were being a witness everywhere in Jerusalem that they couldn't keep the, the news of Jesus Christ to themselves. They shared with others how Jesus had died for their sins, how he rose again from the dead, how he had already ascended back to heaven. He was the Son of God. He, he was the Savior of the world. They had good news to share. Look at the very last verse of chapter 5. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach. Jesus Christ. And that was the reason for the multiplication of the disciples. God's people were excited and they were also faithfully sharing Christ. And many believed on him as a result. When believers do what they are supposed to do in being a witness for the Lord, God will bless and souls will be saved. What are you doing to share Christ with the lost? Do you desire for the Lord to continue to multiply the disciples here at Mineral Heights Baptist Church? Do you want to see God's blessing in this place and amongst these people? If so, then you as a true believer in the Lord must not cease to teach and preach Jesus Christ to those who need to be saved. The crowds were growing by the day of there in Jerusalem. 
but also so was the frustration of the high priests and the other religious leaders. The believers experienced the blessing of growth, but with the growth, there also comes problems. That brings us to number two. We see the praise with number one. Number two is the problem. Look again at the, at the very first verse. It continues, there arose I'm a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widow, widows were neglected in the daily ministration. The Grecians refer to the Greek-speaking Jews who had come to Jerusalem from other countries. They were also known as the Hellenists. The the Hebrews referred to here in this verse were a Jewish residents of the land who spoke both Aramaic and also Greek. We see here that Satan tries to divide the membership of a church and discourage its leaders with problems. The problem here was a lack of attention to these Grecian widows. We see the wrong way to handle problems um, is murmuring. Now, there's some other wrong way to handle problems a a as well, but the, the problem, the, the, the wrong way that we see in this text um, is murmuring. Uh, the Grecians began to murmur or complain because of this of this neglect. And it may be natural for you and I to respond to problems by complaining, but it's not right. The Bible speaks much against this sin of murmuring. Uh, for instance, Philippians 2.14, do all things without murmuring and disputings. Whatever you do, do without Murmuring. Yeah, but you don't know how I've been treated by these people. Well, you're right. I probably don't have any idea how you've been treated or are mistreated by others. But I do know that you need to do all things without murmurings. You may say it under your breath, but the Lord hears what you say. He asked back in Numbers uh, on the 1427, how long shall I bear with this evil uh, I'm a congregation uh, which murmur against me. I have heard of the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Really, when you complain, you're not complaining uh, so much to somebody else. Your complaint is really against God. And not only did God hear the murmurings of his people, he judged them for their constant complaining. He told them that they would die in the wilderness and that 
because of their uh, murmuring. And also disobedience, and that they would not enter into the promised land. Murmuring is a never God's way of dealing with a problem. That was the wrong way. Then let's look at the right a way to handle problems, and that is addressing them. The, the, the right way is to address the problems. Well, once the apostles became aware of the problem, that's what they did. If you have a problem, you need to go to those who can provide a solution. To do otherwise, I'm a sinful. I'm also divisive. I said, don't, don't murmur, go to someone who can do something about it. Now there was a valid concern. Uh, some of the widows for being neglected. Problems will arise in ministry, especially in a church uh, that's growing. However, problems allow the church to re-examine uh, their methods and to make uh, changes where necessary. For a church to go forward for the Lord, God's people must I must regularly examine their lives and their ministries and deal with the problems. God will help his people to find good solutions to those problems. The apostles addressed the problem in a calm, logical sort of way. They didn't get all out of sorts. They didn't get angry. But instead, they chose a godly man to fill these new positions. And they prayed over these men. Look at, at verse 6. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Your problem should cause you to pray. Seek the wisdom of God. Seek the, the direction of God when things are difficult in your life. Pray also for the ministries of the church and for those who are serving in those ministries. And don't forget you're engaged in a, in a spiritual battle. It's not a battle of things that we necessarily see, but, but there is a, a war going on. There's a spiritual warfare. And we, and we can't forget about the fact that the devil and his demons are actively at work day and night doing all they can to oppose the work of God and to discourage you from serving the Lord and from doing what's right. So because of that, we must pray for God's help. We've seen the, pra or the praise, first of all, the problems, and now, number three, um, the after priority, the priority that the apostles explain. Look at verse three, first of all. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost 
and wisdom whom you may over who you, whom we may appoint over this business. Well, the apostles realized that they already had too much responsibility as it was. They needed to get others involved in ministry so they would not sacrifice what was most important. And it was D.L. Moody that said it's better to get 10 men to work than to try to do the work of of 10 men. Caring for the widows was not beneath the apostles, the preachers, but it wasn't the best use of their time. Uh, there were others that could visit uh, the widows, and the uh, preachers needed to focus on their primary calling. So we see here that the that the priority involved selecting deacons to minister according to their office. Uh, that word deacon um, it means I'm um, simply servant. His role is not to oversee, administrate, but to serve. He is a person who helps carry the load in the church and relieves the pastor of, of some responsibilities. Every Christian should be a, a servant of Christ in the church, but the deacons have a special office. In fact, there are only two offices for the church that are given specifically in the New Testament, that of pastor um, and also deacon. So let's, let's look at what we see as the qualifications of, of deacons given in our text. The first is mentioned in verse a three, and that is of honest report. Of honest report. This uh, comes from actually one Greek word that means uh, to be I'm a witness. They needed to have a good testimony and to give a good testimony for Christ. These needed to be a men of integrity. And then the second qualification given in verse 3 is that of being full of the Holy Ghost. To effectively serve the Lord, you need to be controlled by His Spirit and and not by your flesh. The, the spirit-controlled believer is empowered to live and to serve beyond his own capacities. He is right with God. His heart uh, is, is cleansed of sin, and he is yielded to the Spirit of God. The third qualification for deacons that we find in our text is full of also wisdom. They needed to be a wise, godly, a man who would be level-headed. Those who are truly wise have a healthy fear of God himself. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of exactly wisdom. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You guys weren't very good with that one there. Uh, Proverbs 9.10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's a lot better. So some other qualifications for this office are given to us. I'm in 1 Timothy 3. The qualifications of deacons require a church to find spiritual men to fill the office. Now, in addition to the uh, qualifications of deacons, we make note of the work of deacons. The work that the deacons are to do. Uh, the widows needed some attention. And the deacons were chosen to fulfill this ministry in the local church. I do not normally spend my visitation time each, each week uh, visiting the widows of our church. Now, I love the widows of our church, and I would greatly enjoy visiting them more often. But that is not what's best for the ministry. If I spend my time visiting the widows, I'd be neglecting what God has really called me to do as, as a pastor. I've known pastors who have spent much time visiting widows. And the widows, the widows thought that was great. However... Uh, the church suffered. The first pastor under whom I served was a youth pastor, explained this to me. Uh, uh, the pastor can keep the widows happy by visiting them frequently, or he can focus his visitation on the lost and on seeking souls. However, he doesn't have time to do both of those things well. The former pastor of that church had spent his visiting hour with the widows. But the church declined. And, and there were not being uh, people added to the church. And then the widows didn't... Uh, understand why the new pastor didn't visit them uh, like the uh, former pastor had. But I think we all see the answer today here in Acts 6. Of course, the widows still need to be visited. In fact, in our church, we need to do a better at visiting the widows. And if that's uh, something you might think that God would have you to do, uh, we can use more uh, to do that. Uh, they have needs that uh, 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 those who are still married don't have. And they need someone to listen to them. I don't have to pray with them. And uh, that is what brought about this whole solution that we find here in Acts 6. Besides selecting deacons to minister according to their office, the, uh, the priority involved allowing the pastors to minister according to their office. Look again at verse uh, 2. 
And then the twelve, referring to the apostles, called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not a reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It's not wise for the, the pastors to spend their time doing things that others in the church could do just as well or perhaps better. It's a matter of actually priority. And no job is beneath the pastor, but he needs to put first things first. And also others need opportunities to serve as well. I've cleaned toilets here. Yesterday I did some vacuuming here. Not a lot of vacuuming, but just some, a touch of vacuuming. And I helped cleaned up in some of, some of the bathrooms over in the next building. I don't do that all the time, but it's not beneath me to do those things. And it's not beneath you to do those things either. I didn't hear any amens on that one there. It's not beneath the pastor to do um, anything at church, um, but it's, it's, not, it's not beneath um, anybody else to do those things either. Amen. <laughs> it is important to take care of the church van. It's important to clean uh, the restrooms, to uh, uh, repair the buildings, uh, to mow the a lawn, we have a lot of grass to mow and to weed eat. It's important to visit the widow, but a wise pastor will concentrate his efforts on what is most important to his role in the church and what God has called him to do. So what is that? Look at verse number four. They said, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. All Christians are called to pray and to share God's word. But the Lord, Lord has given a special call on the pastor to dedicate his life for that kind of ministry. And the church is going to suffer if the pastor is so busy with secondary activities that he's unable to spend adequate time in those. I can think of uh, pastors that I have known. Uh, they were very skilled in uh, doing things. Uh, they could fix toilets. And, and so they did. They uh, worked on the plumbing at the church that they could fix the church buses or vans, and so they were out fixing those things because um, they knew how to do it. Uh, thankfully, I don't know how to do those things. Um, so I'm not really skilled to do any, uh, fixing anything at church or uh, repairing things. But that's, I think, a, a good thing because I don't have those temptations and just, well, I'll just go fix that commode. I'll go... I'll go fix that thing I'm in the classroom because I'm not very good at that. But the Lord has gifted others in the church who can do those things. I thank God. But as far as what the pastor is to do, number one, the pastor must be given to uh, the ministry 
of prayer. He needs to pray for the flock, pray for the lost, and also pray with people. When I visit someone or I counsel them, I typically, I'm going to end that time in prayer. Sometimes I pray at the beginning and at the end. But I pray for their walk with God. I pray for any special requests that they may have. But a, a pastor also needs to pray for God's power in his life. He needs to make sure that he is where he needs to be spiritually. He, can, he, he can't be the preacher God wants him to be in his own strength. He needs to be yielded to the Spirit. He must be, be also walking close with the Lord and maintaining um, a continual communication with God through prayer. So he must be given to prayer, but additionally, as we see in our text, pastors must also be given to the ministry of the Word of God. That ministry includes preparing sermons. Um, it includes the, the, the preaching itself. It includes also biblical counseling. Uh, it includes a personal preaching, uh, both to the lost, but also to those who are uh, saved, and to exhort them to get things right with the Lord. It takes much time for a pastor to adequately prepare to preach each week. We must have time to uh, quietly focus on the Word. He must diligently study to be approved unto God and a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Uh, Paul exhorts uh, the young pastor Timothy in First. Timothy 4, 13, to give an attendance uh, to reading, reading the Word of God, uh, to exhortation, exhorting each other in the, the Word of God, and to also doctrine, uh, the teaching of the Word of God. Then in 1 Timothy 5, it refers to pastors laboring in the Word, and also doctrine. God's people must be fed on Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, Wednesday evenings. They are relying on the man of God to meet with the Lord and to get the messages that they need. The Twelve Apostles said... In effect, our business is to spend time in the presence of God in order to receive a message from Him to present that in the energy of the Holy Spirit, that it might build up the saints. And then pastors also need to preach to the lost. The apostles were busy preaching a Jesus not only at the temple, at a large uh, crowds of people, but they were in the homes of individuals, of also families. 
Though a pastor must oversee all the ministry of the church, he must focus on the ministry of prayer and the ministry of the word of God. So having seen the solution to the problem, we see next uh, the progress. Number four, the progress. God's people uh, were pleased. Look at verse five. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. The church expressed the uh, approval of this solution. Uh, the widows were going to receive attention and other believers were going to be able to use their gifts more to serve God. And that, again, is the Lord's plan for the church. He has gifted every believer to use their abilities within the ministry of the local church. It's not good for others to be overburdened or for things not to get done as they should get done, while you ignore your responsibility to serve God. It is not in the Lord's plan for anybody to remain idle in his service. He has something for you to do. He wants you to use your gift. Council resources in the, the body of the church. Yet, you must be faithful and also meet the qualifications of a servant. The greater your responsibility, the greater the qualifications will be. We saw uh, this, this, this morning qualifications of the deacons. God's people, though, worked together for a solution. And God honored their efforts, and as a result, the people of the church were pleased. And next we see God's word increased. Look again, verse 7. And the word of God increased. Since the apostles were not afraid to share the ministry with others, the murmuring had ceased. God's word was able to go forth in a much more powerful way. The preachers were able to give their attention to administering with the word of God. And more people were then able to hear that word. And when everyone in the church shares in the work of the ministry, the word of God will increase. God's people were pleased. God's word increased. And then uh, lastly, God's word multiplied. Look at verse 7 again. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. Now, the math in the book of Acts goes in addition to a uh, multiplication. At first, the disciples were added to the church, but, it, uh, but in, in the first verse of this chapter, the disciples multiplied. And then according to verse 7, after the deacons had been selected and doing their work and, and others were engaged in ministry, the disciples greatly multiplied. So when God's people are all doing their part in the church, the church is able to go forward. 
when more people are brought to Christ and trained to bring others to Christ, the church is going to grow. The people of God were willing to adjust how things were done to accommodate a growing church. And as a result, the church is able to multiply even more. And then at the end of verse 7, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. At that time, there may have been up to 8,000 Jewish priests associated with the temple ministry. And a great host of them put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. From Acts chapter 6, we see that God's people need to share the responsibilities of the ministry of the church. We don't need to waste our time murmuring but we need to address the problems and seek solutions to those problems. And when we eat, partake, and share in the work, we will see the most accomplished and God will be glorified. We must be careful that we keep our priorities where they're supposed to be. The, the ministry of prayer, the ministry of God's word must not be sacrificed. The results of our obedience will then be similar to what we've seen today in our text. God's people will be pleased. God's word will be increased and God's people will be multiplied. Let's bow our heads and we'll have our invitation today. Perhaps there's someone in here today who would say, Pastor, you know, I don't know for sure that I'm saved. I don't know for sure that there's ever been a time and a place in my life where I put my trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm not sure that if I died today that heaven would be my home. I'm not going to embarrass you this morning or, or call you out in any way, but if, if that is you today, you say, Pastor, to be honest, I don't know that I'm saved. Oh, would you just quietly lift up your hand so I can see that, so I can uh, pray for you. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you or, or pray for you by name, but I do want to pray for anyone who does not yet know for sure 100% that you're saved. There might be those that are, are watching our service today online. Maybe you're watching it live or maybe you're watching it later, but you would say, hey, you know what, preacher, that's me. I don't know that I've ever been saved. Or, or perhaps you know for sure that you're not saved. The Bible says that now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Don't put that off. We'll, we'll do anything that we can. If you contact us, so that we can help you to know for sure that heaven's your home, that you have the gift of eternal life. Those here this morning, perhaps you would say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to find my place of service in the church or increase my service 
in the church. Is there some like that today? Pastor, pray for me. I need to find my place of service or I need to increase that service in the church. Amen, 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 amen. Yes, yeah, many hands up there. Then lastly, I'll ask who would say, Pastor, pray for me. I have some other burden on my heart uh, this morning and I'd appreciate you praying with me about that. Amen, 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 amen. I'll pray with you about that as well. Our dear God, I thank you that you care about all of our needs, all of our problems. I thank you that you hear us when we come to you in prayer. Lord, I pray, first of all, if there would be uh, one under the sound of my voice, whether here in this building or, um, or, or watching online that isn't yet saved, Lord, that they would be saved very, very soon. Secondly, Lord, I pray for those that need to find their place of service in the church or perhaps increase their service in the church. I pray that you'd work on their hearts and that they'd be willing to do anything that you'd have them to do. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to uh, come to me or come to somebody else and uh, let them know that they uh, desire to serve. And then lastly, Lord, I pray for those that have a burden on their heart this morning. You know exactly what that burden is and I pray that you would uh, minister in that situation, that you would accomplish your perfect plan for those people. I pray, Lord, if there's other needs to be met today, if, if, if someone needs to follow you and believers' baptism, if, if someone needs to uh, 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 join with us here um, in membership, if someone needs to repent of sin, Lord, help us to take care of of what needs to be done this morning during this time. And I pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.